Coming up. Paul had an experience that changed his life. And you might say, well, I haven't had anything so um, outstanding as Paul had. Okay, that, that may be true. But I tell you this, and I believe that the God who saved you, if he has something for you to do, and he does, mm -hmm. he will communicate it to you in some kind of way. And we just got to get ourselves in a place or position where we can hear it. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. It is extremely important for followers of Jesus Christ to know how to live out our faith, especially in midst of strong spiritual, emotional, intellectual, and habitual forces that try to keep us from doing it successfully. Join Pastor Rob and his wife Carolyn as they unpack some key and helpful principles from Apostle Paul's message to the churches in Galatia. Here's the second message in the series, Your Authentic Ministry. All right. Our subtopic today is entitled Your Authentic Ministry. Your Authentic Ministry. There are multiple ways to mm -hmm. gain access to your personal information. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and you guys know too that the same is true when you activate your credit cards. You know, there's different ways that you can activate your credit cards. And uh, hopefully many of you, or most of you have understand that and have, ha and have had to do that. But in gaining access to your home or your car, there are other methods. You know, most of us, we use keys to get into our houses. Mm -hmm. And if you have an alarm, you have to do something else because the, the alarm wants to know whether or not you're supposed to be in here or not. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not sure if you came in through the key yeah. or not. And so uh, we have to do some other things to verify that we belong in this house or in this car. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now if, if, you're, if your house or your car is equipped uh, with the proper technology, you can access your home and your car from your cell phone. Ain't that something? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that you can unlock your doors to your car, to your home from your cell phone. You can even start the engine of your car from your cell phone. That's kind of scary. Ain't that something? <laughs> Y'all see, we, we got all these, these ways to activate things or to authenticate who we are, that we belong here. This is, we have permission to, to do these things. We got varied ways by which we can do all of that. Mm -hmm. But yet with all this technology, this advanced technology, many are still having trouble authenticating and activating the ministry <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> that God, almighty God has set for you. You mean to tell me that some of us can activate our phones, our alarms, start engines on our cars, but have not yet activated, authenticated our ministry for the almighty God. Wow. I think that presents a problem. Mm -hmm. That presents a problem. You know, in the scripture, 
we find some very ways while how um, some scripture characters were authenticated or they 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 found their authentic ministry. You know, David was anointed by Samuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and other things happened too, but that was you know a start of it. And then um, uh, Timothy, the scripture tells us that Timothy, his ministry was activated by the laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. And Joseph, Joseph had a dream. Yeah, he had a dream that authenticated what God wanted him to do. And God spoke to Samson's parents. Told, told his parents what he was going to do and be before he was even born, how they weren't supposed to cut his hair, right, right. you know, and, and he was supposed to have a certain diet. Mm-hmm. All these were mechanisms by which the ministry was authenticated. And so today, I want to talk to you about uh, uh, Apostle Paul and use him uh, a part of his uh, uh, the way that he um, authenticated his ministry as a case study today, mm-hmm. and in him we'll see another method by which we can get this done, by which we can know our genuine ministry given to us by the Almighty God. Yeah. So on your paper, write this down: a way to authenticate your ministry a way or a method to identic- authenticate your, your ministry. Again, we're going to look at what Apostle Paul said to the churches in Galatia relevant to his ministry. Now, there are other places in scripture where Apostle Paul talks about his ministry and defending it and authenticating it, but I just want to deal with what he told the churches in Galatia. Mm-hmm. Number one, Evaluate your personal time spent with God. Mm. This is the first thing to do according to what happened with Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. And that is evaluate your personal time spent with God. Paul had to defend his apostleship to the churches in Galatia. And one of the things he did, he talked about how he had a personal experience with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And in Galatians 1, 11 through 12, and then verses 15 through 16, it says this, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. Paul says, I, what I'm telling you, no human being gave it to me. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. Verse 12, he says, I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. I'm going to pause there for a moment. All right. Paul says, uh, the, the ministry that I'm performing with you and what I told you did not come from a, a human being. Paul says, I got it from Jesus Christ himself. He had an experience in, the, in Acts chapter 9, on the the Damascus Road experience where he encountered Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm -hmm. And from that encounter, Paul was given a ministry. He was authenticated. (laughs) His ministry was authenticated. And he's telling the churches in Galatia about that experience. Mm -hmm. And this was time he personally spent 
with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. All right. Verse 15 reads on. Paul says, but, but, but when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. All right. Look at what Paul's saying here, folks. <laughs> Paul says, I had this encounter. God told me himself that I am to preach to the to Gentiles who are anyone who's not Jewish. Mm -hmm. um, here it was specifically, it was mainly Greeks. Paul says, I, I was called, given a ministry to preach the gospel to the non-Jewish folk. Right. And God gave me that to do. Mm -hmm. And he says, after I received that, I did not immediately go consult with other human beings. <laughs> Think about that. And see, part of the reason that uh, that's wise to do, because everybody won't receive what God has told you to do. So you're saying it's wise that when God tells you something, don't go telling everybody else. At times, at, at times. times, at times. Because they won't receive it in the same at, way. At times they may not receive it. Yeah. And this is a trick of the enemy because the enemy may use other people and they may not even realize it. Right that he's using them to discourage you from the message that you receive from God. Yeah. That's why it's important for all of us to evaluate mm -hmm. the personal time we mm -hmm. spend with God. Mm -hmm. We need to evaluate that time. Okay? Um, first of all, we need to spend the time. <laughs> and, right. and part of the reason that some of us may not uh, have been authentic ministry haven't been authenticated is that we haven't spent enough time mm -hmm. with God. But I would venture to say that most of us have spent enough time with God for it to be authenticated. We just maybe aren't in the mindset to hear clearly what he's saying mm -hmm. or accept what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Somehow the messaging is convoluted or clouded and we're not getting what God is saying that we ought to be doing and what it is that our ministry is. Or maybe we what we want to do. Or maybe what is we contrary. Is contrary. Exactly. We're like, well, okay, God, but not now. I'm still I still want to get this. I got these, your own desires <laughs> yeah. may be in a way that's yeah. causing you your eyes not to see or your ears to hear or your heart to receive yeah. what God has called you to do. Amen. The ministry that He's given you. All right. And so we need to evaluate the time that we spend with God. Mm -hmm. We can even pray to God and say, God, what what are you saying to me? Help me to hear you clearly what it is that you want me to do. Amen. Paul had an experience that changed his life. And you might say, well, I haven't had anything so um, outstanding as Paul had. Okay? That, that may be true. But I tell you this, and I believe that the God who saved you, if he has something for you to do, and he does, mm -hmm. he will communicate it to you in some kind of way. And we just got to get ourselves in a place or position where we can hear it. Mm -hmm. And we can get to that some kind of ways. But in the interim, what we can at least do is spend time with God and then evaluate that time spent 
One of the ways you can do that is to journal. If you journal, if you journal about your time spent with God, then you can revisit your journaling from time to time and evaluate what you wrote when you were with God. And, you know, at one point when you read it, you may not, the light bulbs may not come on, but then you read it a year later or six months later, a month later, the same thing. And all of a sudden, it makes sense now to you. Your eyes open. Oh, wow. But the point is this, evaluate that time. Paul didn't let this experience he had with Jesus Christ fall by the wayside or slip through his fingers. Yeah. He used it to move into his authentic ministry. Amen. Amen. Here's the second thing that we get from Paul's message about uh, authenticating your ministry. Number two, acknowledge how you used used to fight against aspects of it. It is the ministry that God has called you to. Mm-hmm. Amen. How you used to fight against aspects of your ministry. Mm-hmm. This is another trick of the enemy is to get you to fight against your the 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 aspects of your ministry. Okay, it says here in Galatians 1, 13 and 14, for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Mm -hmm. You see what Paul says here? Paul says, the very ministry that God called me to, I was fighting, trying to destroy it. I was trying to destroy it. And when he looks back at that, it becomes a indication that God has called me to something because I made this big shift, made this big shift. He identified that I used to fight against that. And this is the way that you can know the enemy was at work in your life. Because the enemy doesn't want you finding your authentic ministry. And so one of the things he'll do is to get you to fight against it some kind of way. Keep you distracted, huh? Keep you distracted, (laughs) tell you some lies about it, and get you to fight against it. Look at what it says in Acts 9. And this was prior to Paul running into or encountering Jesus Christ. Uh, Look what it says about, about his name was Saul at that time. And once he got his ministry, his name changed to Paul. Acts 9.1 says this. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Mm. That's the same guy. Mm -hmm. Every breath, he was uttering threats. And he wanted to kill the folks who was following Christ. Wow. The enemy had him all turned around. And some of us have been there where the enemy had us turned around. The very thing that God wanted us to do, the enemy had us fighting against it. Mm -hmm. 180 degrees on the other side. I want to tell you my personal story relative to this. The enemy had me all turned around. And so... I used to be, 
I used to be against reading books or entertaining thoughts or philosophies that weren't directly related to scripture. And this was this after I was saved. I I I was, you know, I had a I had a chip on my shoulder. If you couldn't show me this in the Bible, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. You know. I remember that. <laughs> and <laughs> and so I mean, really, it was strong. I just I just turned away, turned away from, you know, all this foreign, all these everybody got all these opinions and philosophies and all of that kind of stuff. I didn't want to hear it. If you wouldn't, you couldn't point it back to scripture. I was like, I ain't trying to get all caught up in all that stuff out there. And I was misled. I was truly misled. And I was trying to preserve real truth. Mm -hmm. But I didn't understand at the time that all truth is God's truth. Mm -hmm. Whether it comes from the Bible or not, if it's true, true, if it's truth, it originates in God, whether it comes out the Bible or not. I didn't understand that. But and so what that did was it kept me from gaining knowledge and information that actually could have helped me do better what God had was calling me to do. Mm -hmm. It restricted it, put me in this box, this mental box of thinking and acting. And once I understood that all truth was God's truth, now my mind opened up to all kinds of other things. And now God um, is able to use me to use that information and, and, um, compare it to scripture and tie it into scripture and use it all for God's glory. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so now there is a there, and this is, this is true also for the history of the church, because there was a time where the church and science was completely at odds, mm -hmm. were completely at odds. And as time went on, the church, and I, I'm speaking of the, the ancient church, we began to see the connection to science and uh, what God's truth is as we learned more and all of that. And there was a better marrying of science and, and truth. So science is, as long as science is properly applied, mm -hmm. it's God's truth. Unfortunately, we still have to be aware of it because people are using science right to come up with some lies, to validate some lies as well. But it's not, we don't completely throw science out. We'd be careful about it, but we also welcome it because what has happened, science is proving scripture. Amen, yes it is. <laughs> We're finding science to prove scripture on, yeah. on so many levels. Mm -hmm. So, but the thing here is that um, I, like Paul, was turned around and, and aspects of my ministry I was fighting against, the very thing that God wanted me to do. And that was candy for the enemy. And that was, <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. That was candy, that was candy for the enemy. That's right. And he ate it too. Yep, yep, so he ate it up. <laughs> he ate it up. So I want to encourage you um, to think about something that, you may have or still are fighting against. Evaluate that, acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And inside of that, you might see that you're, the enemy has got you twisted too. 
and you're fighting against some of the very things that would lead you to your authentic ministry. The third thing uh, that we want to pick up from Paul's letter to the Galatians regarding um, your authentic ministry is this. Determine if others have confirmed it. Determine if others have confirmed your authentic ministry. Galatians 2, 9 and 10 says this. James, Cephas, Cephas is Peter, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the, the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and that and they too, and they to the circumcised, that is the the the, the folks who were following a lot of Jewish people. Mm-hmm. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. So we see here in this text, two ways by which Paul's ministry was authenticated or confirmed Mm -hmm. by other people. The first is uh, James, Peter, and John, Peter, James, and John, they gave him and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. They confirm, yeah, you guys have been called by God to do ministry to the Gentile. They 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 confirmed it with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and and they said, yes, God has given you grace. God has clearly touched you, Paul. That's what they said. Yeah. And Barnabas to do this work. Mm-hmm. So they got confirmed by two well-respected, like he calls them pillars. You know, these were. Peter, James, and John were Jesus's inner circle. <laughs> they confirmed Paul's calling. They confirmed that Paul, you are an apostle. You have spent some time with Jesus Christ, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so they they confirmed his call. Paul had an experience that changed his life. And you might say, well, I haven't had anything so um, outstanding as Paul had. Okay, that that may be true. But I tell you this, and I believe that the God who saved you, if he has something for you to do, and he does, mm-hmm. he will communicate it to you in some kind of way. And we just got to get ourselves in a place or position where we can hear it. Mm-hmm. And we can get to that some kind of ways. But at the, in the interim, what we can at least do, his inner circle did. It. And the second thing, a confirmation here that happened. <clears throat> was that Paul had an inkling or an unction to remember the poor. And they said to him, continue to do that. So that confirmed, hey, that, hey, I've been doing something right, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so in the both these ways, so, um, the, the Peter, James, and John confirmed with Paul his calling because he it was he had a desire that was in line with it. And he was all and 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 God had done something to him that was in line with it. Mm-hmm. Galatians 1, 22 and 24, Paul says this um, to the church in Galatia. Um, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. And so here's some folks that didn't even know Paul personally, mm-hmm. um, but they had heard about him. So there are some there, there are some people who are reporting about Paul 
And then there are some people who heard about the report about Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that and both of which, both groups confirmed Paul's calling. And he says they praise God because of me. Amen. And so this was another way by which Paul's call was confirmed by other folk. Hmm. So think about yourself. Think about other people who may have confirmed your authentic ministry mm. in some way or form. And how wonderful is that for somebody <laughs> to praise God because of you? Yes, that is truly a blessing. That is a blessing. Yeah, yes. that yes. that gives you joy mm. deep down on the inside. It's hard to explain. Yes. <clears throat> yes. That is really rewarding. Mm-hmm. For somebody say, you know, I was drawn closer to God because of you. Yeah. I found what God wanted me to do through you. Mm-hmm. That is profound. Yeah. Amen. And so they confirmed his calling. So again, I want to ask you, um, has, has, has anyone said something to you or did something to perhaps lead you into what God wants you to do, what your ministry is, your genuine ministry for him is. Mm-hmm. Consider that. Determine that for those confirmations. Yeah. And then the last thing I want to cover in terms of this method that Paul explained to the churches in Galatia is number four, analyze the scars and wounds of your life. Analyze the scars and the wounds of your life. Yeah. Most likely your ministry will flow out of your greatest hurts. That's right. Most likely, I'm going to say that to you again. Most likely your ministry will flow out of your greatest hurts. Mm -hmm. Look what Paul says in Galatians 6, 17. As he wraps up his letter here, he says, from now on, let no one cause me trouble. For I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. See, Paul here, Paul was, Paul has experienced a lot of things that actually caused him to have physical scars because he stood up for Jesus Christ, because he was performing his authentic ministry that caused him physical scars. (laughs) Paul got scars um, because of his beliefs, Mm -hmm. specifically in Jesus Christ. Yeah. He suffered. He sacrificed physically because of his beliefs. Uh, we see, uh, I want to give you a little insight um, um, uh, into some of the folks' attitudes toward Paul. So you can see how, yeah, he probably went through some stuff. All right. Mm-hmm. Look what look at Acts 9, 20 through 25. It says this. And immediately he began preaching about Jesus. Now I want to back up a little bit, give some context. This is Acts 9. This is where Jesus, um, Paul had encountered Jesus Christ on a Damascus road. He was blinded for, for three days. God told him to go see Ananias. Ananias healed him of his blindness, baptized him. Um, and then after he was baptized, this is where we're picking up. It says again, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues. Now, I want to say this to you before I go on with this, is that when his ministry was confirmed, Paul didn't wait 
for some other person or to come in to sanction or to authenticate his ministry. It was already authenticated. Do y'all get this? Paul didn't need Peter, James, and John to give him the right hand of fellowship mm -hmm. in order to do his ministry. Understand, we read we read about this um, a little while ago, a minute ago, right? That they gave him the right hand of fellowship after him and Barnabas was already doing ministry. He didn't wait for them to do that before he started doing what he was called to do. And I want to challenge you today that don't wait for somebody to say, go do it or to sanction you to do it. You need to start doing it once it's authenticated. As soon as you activate your credit card <laughs> or your bank card, you can make withdrawals. <laughs> you understand? It doesn't. It's not waiting for somebody else to say, okay, nope, you activate it. They tell you on the phone or on the internet or whatever, your card has been activated. At that very moment, you can withdraw. So when I unlock my phone, I can start making well, phone calls. You can start making phone calls, <laughs> exactly. And I want to tell you today, once your, your call is authenticated, you can start start doing it right then. Amen. You don't need somebody else to come in yeah. and, and so, oh, give I, you permission. I don't have to wait for confirmation. Yeah, you, you don't need somebody <laughs> to give you permission to do what Almighty God told you to you do. Already told you I'm going to say that to you again because I want you, I want you to get touched way down on way down way down in your know in your in your person with this. Yeah. That you don't need somebody to give you permission to do what the almighty God has already said you told you to do. That's a word. That's a word. <laughs> so look what it says here in Acts 9. I'm going to read this to you again. Acts 9, 20 through 25. And immediately mm -hmm. he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is indeed the son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They asked. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? He's preaching to the folks he came mm -hmm. to persecute. Mm -hmm. After he got the encounter, y'all see what it's saying here? Mm -hmm. And then it reads on, um, verse 22. Mm -hmm. Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Mm -hmm. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. Y'all see this? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we can see where some scars probably came from, right? Yeah. They were watching for him. They were watching for him day and night at the city gate so they could murder him, but Saul was told about their plot. Y'all see here, Paul had a hit on his life mm -hmm. and people was watching the gate day and night to kill him. Mm -hmm. And verse 25 says, so during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. Mm -hmm. So you see what happened here? Some of Paul's people who used to be Paul's friends are now his enemy. Mm -hmm. And some of the people who used to be Paul's enemies are now his friends. <laughs> Y'all see that? When Paul made the shift to do what God called him to do, he lost some friends, but he gained some new ones. Yeah. 
but he also gained some enemies. Yeah. <laughs> and I can I can tell you when you get on the mission to do what God has called you to do, it's a good chance yeah. you're gonna lose some friends. Yep. But you're gonna gain some other ones. Mm -hmm. Just like Paul did. Some of the very people before his Damascus experience, he was coming to persecute, are now lowering him in a basket mm -hmm. so he can get away from the other folks on the other team he used to be on who were trying to kill him. Yeah. God is amazing. God is truly amazing. Amen. And one of the, the things I want you to understand is that your scars and your wounds of your life most likely is is where you where you uh, where your ministry or leads you into your your mm -hmm. authentic ministry. Yeah, your um, greatest hurts. Your right? greatest hurts. Greatest hurts. So think about that. Consider your hurts and how they might be calling you. God may be using them to call you into what He wants you to do. Mm, right. Because who better can understand how to get over certain things? Like if you hurt or you went through something That's and you right. came through. That's right. You can help other people to understand or find the way through. Amen. That's yeah. right. That's right, dear. And so we want to help you find your ministry. Just like with Paul, though he lost some friend, he got friends, he gained some new ones. Mm -hmm. And one point we can take from this is that God will send people your way to help you walk in your ministry. And we at Quench Life, we like to help you. We like to help you walk in your ministry. In yeah. fact, one of our mottos is it's on our sign back here. You can't see it because it's down near the bottom. <laughs> but it says, find your purpose in life and ministry with us. Yeah. That's what it says on our sign. Find your purpose in life and ministry with us. That's one of our models. And we'd like to be your friends to help you find your authentic ministry. And sometimes we're surprised because it's just, it's something that we deal with or we bask in already. We're, we're doing it already and we don't realize right. that yeah. that's a ministry. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's right. So there may be someone out there who hasn't found their ministry, we want to invite you to allow Quench Life to befriend you mm. and help you find it. And there may be someone out there who hasn't yet given their life to Christ. And we'd like to walk you through that process as well. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control. Transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus 
draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. And so Paul says he was very wrong. And he says, I confronted him to a face. And then verse 14 tells us that he did it in front of all the others. Why? Because Peter refused to eat with them in front of all the others. He put Pete on blast. He put Pete <laughs> on blast. He put Pete on blast. And this is how hypocritical faith needs to be addressed. Because again, as I said earlier, it's it, it has so much power to do so much harm. So Paul addressed him in front of everybody because he, he exhibited his hypocritical faith in front of everybody. Thank you for listening.